Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be. Welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast, episode 105. I've forgotten what I called it now. Something about sticky toffee, isn't it? Nearly, sti- sticky nearly sticky toffee. Nearly. Yeah, it was nearly sticky, wasn't it? Good evening to you all in the chat box. Good evening, good evening. Um, and if you're listening on audio, hello to you. Um, hello to you all as well. Sponsored by the West Court Beer Company. Link in the description below. Please go and check out Colin's um, product, all made uh, by his fair hands uh, with ingredients from West Cork, where we live. If you've got a beard, Harry, um, you should be ordering. Well, Dan's got one as well, I suppose. So Dan and Dan and Harry, you should be ordering a bit of beard balm there off of uh, off of Colin. Um, links in the dis- yeah, links in the description below. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. I hate, I hate it when this happens. My mind goes blank. I don't know. Am I getting? Am I going? Oh, I'm getting old. This didn't happen when I was thirty-nine. Dan, how are you, sir? Very well, thank you very much, mate. Yeah, I was in a little bit of a rush, but we got here on time, and uh, still buzzing after yesterday. So all good, mate. All good. good. Good, Harry. How are you, sir? How did your week go? It was great. I really enjoyed it, but I am fucking knackered. And I've come to the conclusion that I'm too old for this stuff and I can't do three hardcore nights in a row anymore. Well, at least <laughs> you found at least you found that out. Judges! How are we doing? You all right? Yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Bit, a bit of a rush today, but yeah, all good, like, all good. Well, I'm sorry if I've put any of you out, like. No, um, no, not know, at all. Not at all, no, like. No, we have been doing podcasts at seven o'clock on a Monday for the last three years, but... So, sorry, sorry if you, sorry if you've been put out. No, I'm not so, not so. I've had a, I've had a, well, as I said, I've had a very, very good weekend. I can't complain. Very good weekend. So uh, good. I think it's a good sporting weekend, wasn't it? Very good sporting weekend. I had a very, very, you know, like when you think about it, like we had the the boxing, which was very, very good. Uh, the um, uh, rugby, which is very. Oh, very don't good. mention the rugby to the Irish viewers. Don't. No, 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 no. We won't talk. Sorry if you're watching in Ireland. We won't talk oh, about right. that. Oh well, no, you can't mention English, that. You don't mention English that. podcast, as far as I was concerned. Oh, so, bloody uh, oh god! So, uh, very with. good, very good day at the rugby. Open the worms out. There you go. Can see all the very worms. Good day at the rugby, <laughs> and uh, obviously um, a very good weekend in football as well. Like you know, so uh, all, all good, I think. It was, wasn't it? I, I, I fairly I, uh, enjoyed it. I must say, 
no pictures of broken chariots on my Facebook timeline this weekend, um, which is quite nice. <laughs> Dan, Everton um, came to the Emirates, and they didn't come just to make up the numbers, mate, did they? Um, mm. A much-improved Everton side uh, under Carlo Ancelotti. Give us your quick rundown on how it went. Yeah, well... I always look at the team news and I think one thing that Arteta has done, which is quite clever, which Junai Emery didn't do, is he's not put all of his eggs in one basket at the moment. He's still looking to rotate because he knows the amount of games we've got coming up in terms of the last few, like, next three days, really. Um, every three, ga- three days we seem to be playing football at the moment, so he's looking at rotating. So Eddie come back into the side. I thought that was brave. I think he's taken risks and I think that it's worked out for him. Um, I actually went for a 2-2 prediction and it was 2-2 at half time. So I thought, wow, it's definitely going to stay that way because of the amount of goals in it i literally got to my seat and we were one nil down so i thought brilliant start um but really we did turn it on and i think that one player we have to mention which is someone that i don't think gets enough credit uh and just seems to be saving us most games and most season that he's been at the club is a bamiang and i thought he was exceptional um obviously the great great goal from eddie and ketia um, which was very Thierry Henry-esque from that finish. Great ball from Saka. Uh, and then Aubameyang does the rest and, and we can, and we nick it 3-2. And it's, and it's a massive three points, Craig. Like huge three points in terms of Manchester United winning. Obviously, Tottenham had lost that weekend to Chelsea. So we needed to win that game. A draw would have been no good. And, you know, there's just it just gives us a little bit of a kind of half chance now of getting a little bit excited again about where we can finish in terms of the European places. I still don't want to get too excited. I still think it's going to be hard. Um, But I thought it was a a great performance all round from most of the players out there. I do want to mention one player I thought had a a bit of an average second half, but a great, a great um, first when he did come on. Obviously got the assist I've just spoken about and that's Saka. And everybody who talks about how great Trent Alexander uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold has been this season for Liverpool and I looked at his assists he's got in all competition this season and it's 12 and he's played every single game for Liverpool Saka's got 10 assists for Arsenal in all competitions like that for me is outstanding achievement and you look at the amount of games he hasn't played he's played out of position he's played in 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 position that he hasn't moaned about he's just come straight into the team and he did die a little bit in the second half he did fade away from the game I thought but as far as I'm concerned, I've got no no qualms about Kalasinac being out for a long time. Everyone knows I'm not a fan of that guy. But when Saka's within that performance and Tini's now back in full training, I don't think that position is something we're going to be looking at and thinking, you know, uh, uh, we're really going to miss going to miss him. So Saka for me has been has been brilliant. I also want to mention in the middle of midfield, Danny Sabayas and Mesut Ozil because that's two games now where they seem to have played well together. I'm a massive fan of Lucas Torreira, <laughs> but uh, I'm a massive fan of Lucas Torreira. But I think when it comes to it, the way that that midfield's working at the moment, it seems to be balanced. So I can't really complain. Um, I would prefer to see Torreira in there because he's one of my favourite players when he's on form. And I think he's been very consistent under Arteta. But it just seems to me like he's managed to now sort the defence out we want to sort the midfield out and now the transition's working and we're now scoring again. And people have said we're still not 
sort of hitting the net. Well, we've scored eight goals in three games. So that to me suggests that our goal scoring uh, is is improving. And then last of all, I want to mention Leno because everyone was going mental about him when that Richardson goal went in and it was a huge error from him, another howler and all this. But I don't really care about that because he's made up for it for the rest of the game and he's been consistent all season. I don't care about the Chelsea mistake and this mistake because for me, he's been absolutely brilliant. So I thought it was a world-class save uh, against Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And I think he's been really good for us. So I don't want to sit there and, and start slating Leno. Um, I also don't really know what the defenders were doing in front of him for that goal, but that's another story. Um, so, yeah, that's my uh, that's my opinion of the game. Harry, if you could... Uh... If you could tell it, yeah, if you could top that, we might as well finish it now. Without, without, go, I'm going to keep in a rush. I want my dinner again. You see, that's yeah, what it is. <laughs> I'll keep it brief. I'm not going to go over sort of the, the, the bits that, that Dan touched on so brilliantly. But some of the things that I picked up from the game was, um, I actually thought that at the beginning of the game, our midfield was suffering a little bit because when we played against Newcastle the week before. It was uh, the idea was to put Sabayos in there so that Arsenal could control the game, and it worked really, really well. And he had the time and space to get on the ball and make things happen from a deeper position because Newcastle United just sat back and they were willing to soak it up. I actually thought at the beginning of the game, Everton put us under a lot of pressure in that area, and they're a lot more combative than our midfield. You've got Fabian Delph in there, Schneiderlin, and then you've got even Sigurdsson puts himself about. So I actually felt that. At the very beginning of the game, we looked a little bit unbalanced in there. But then as the game went on, Danny Ceballos really, really stepped up and we saw a completely different side to him. I think everybody knows that he's technically very gifted, that he knows how to pick up the ball in spaces and he's got a good passing range. But I thought he battled really well. And I think after the first sort of 10, 15 minutes after the shell shock of how Everton were going to play, I think he he really picked up and he deserves a lot of credit. Um, talking about the team as a whole, I think that this Arsenal team is a little bit lopsided at the moment. And what I mean by that is that the left-hand side of our team is so much stronger than the right in so many different ways, both defensively and going forward. I think going forward, we know Aubameyang's there and when he drifts in like he did yesterday twice and gets two goals, that's obviously great. You've got Saka who provides assists coming down that left flank. But what's different about the left and the right is that when Arsenal don't have possession or that when Arsenal do you know, attack forward, you've got Granit Xhaka slotting over into that position as almost like a left back stroke, left centre back to protect, to plug that hole. And it makes us not get caught out so much on that side. What that does, though, is it means Hector Bellerin on the other side has to then tuck in. And then you kept seeing that long ball going out to Richarlison. And because Bellerin's tucked in, it gives Richarlison an age to control the ball and go at people. And that's a bit of a problem in this Arsenal team at the moment. We're a little bit lopsided for, for that reason, but also because Nicolas Pepe, in my opinion, doesn't work back as hard as Aubameyang, which is something I never thought I'd say. Also, um, talking about the, the team being a little bit heavy on the left-hand side, I actually don't think that Arteta is unaware of that. He knows that full well. And I think what he's done is he's accepted that he isn't going to get this 50-50 balance on either side. And he that's why most of our play is focused down that left-hand side. And, and I think he's kind of sacrificed Hector Bellerin's ability to get forward a little bit to try and sturdy us up. If that's the way it's got to be until we've got a more balanced squad, I'm absolutely fine with that. But I think Carlo Ancelotti is a very experienced and very shrewd tactician. And I think he spotted that early doors yesterday. And that's why Everton caused us a lot of problems. 
Lee, how did you think yesterday went? Yeah, it's just first of all, before we carry on lighting up, I mean, uh, sorry if I've upset the Irish people in the chat, you know, about the rugby. <laughs> You'd have so to do I a bit apologize. more. So I won't, be saying, I won't be mentioning the rugby uh, and England beating Ireland no more tonight, OK? That's the last <laughs> time we'll hear about that, OK? So I do apologise to all the Irish lads in the chat. Um, yeah, I've got to say, um, I missed a little bit of the game yesterday because um, I was playing a charity game, so I, I got there a little bit late. So uh, I missed the first um, couple of goals. So, um, But uh, what, I, what I make of it is, um, you know, everything that everybody like Harry and Dan have said I can't argue about, but... The, the, I'm, you know, I thought we played well, but there are faults in the team. Definitely the defensive side of it again, you know. Um, and uh, people like keep saying, "Oh, how well Mustafi and and um, David Louise are playing," and they are playing really well at the moment. Let's be, let's be honest. But what I say, and I say it again now, if they if we want to go up a level and challenge for the title. We, we've got to get get better defenders than them too. And that's what I'm saying. Because that second goal sums up all the poor play about Arsenal. Now, Leno has got pelters for what he's done in that night. And quite rightly so, it was a poor mistake. It should never have got to him. The two centre-halves had ch chances to win their headers. Now, that is what they're there to do. And they did not do it. And until we get a central defender that is going to dominate aerial duels, we are always going to be prone to goals like that. You know, um, I do agree with Harry. I felt that, you know, I'm going to have to say, I think that um, Ancelotti looked at our side and, and, and see a weakness down the right-hand side. I, I, I think that he, he see it. Um, I've not, I think Bellerin, and, and people keep going on about, oh, we didn't play well and all that. I think it's very, very difficult with Bellerin. To when you look at players, say, for instance, like Holdings, had the same injury, doesn't get into the team. Bellerin's getting into the team. Um, so you have to admire him for what he's doing, but he's always going to have little dips and and uh, troughs, if you like, when he's because of that knee injury. I think you know that's what you're going to get. He's going to tire a little bit more. You know, wasn't even in the squad for the game on Thursday, and I think that I think it's a big thing that injury is going to take him a long, long time to get over. Just when you think that you, you're uh, getting over it, you, you become sluggish. And I thought that he had a sluggish, difficult afternoon. The one thing I will say about him, then, that he don't hide. I, I look at the game and I think that he's he doesn't hide. He wants the ball. He tries to defend. But I think that, you know, that, listen, I, I'm going to be really honest, boys. You know, it was a brilliant result. Great that we got the result. But we, we, we was a little bit lucky. Against some better, better team, more ruthlessly, we could have lost that game. Because let's, let's not be honest. We give them a couple of, or gift them a couple of chances. And also, you know, uh, the header, I thought they should have scored. I know it was an inch wide, but top class teams get those get those strikes. There was a couple of times when they put the ball across the and, they, and, and Calvert Lewin missed them, you know. So I think that as great a result as it was, I think there was a little reality check there that that defence is not good enough. And against better sides and a little bit of luck from the other team, Everton could have come away with at least a point for that game, but they didn't. Hey, great! Yeah, so. You know, uh, and, and I, I don't know about you boys, but I did sense that even when they scored Everton, I always felt we was going to get back in the game. We looked live. There was, there's a little bit, I know, a little bit more zest about the team. I don't know whether that is because Zabias is in there and all that, but we look so much better going forward over these, like, since the Burnley game, since we come back from the Burnley game and since we come back from Dubai, we do look a little bit more 
quicker, a little bit more lively, a little bit sharper in our forward play. And I felt that um, Aubameyang got a special mention for him. I thought he was outstanding. But his defensive qualities in the second half, I, I, I thought he worked his socks off getting back for us uh, and in defensive position, making tackles. I thought they all played really well. Mesut Ozil, I think, needs a little uh, mention as well. Eddie up front, I thought, done really well. Pepe looks like on the borderline of looking like he's going to do something every time he gets a ball. It doesn't quite happen, but he, he does look like he looks dangerous. So I, I think all in all, listen, that was, I think with the results that are going at the minute, that was an important three mm. points for us. You know, when we went a goal down and, uh, you know, you think, oh, this is it, same old Arsenal, going to blow it because other teams have dropped points above us. But we didn't. We got the big points got the big three points and we're putting pressure now on the teams above us. And I'll tell you why we're putting pressure on the teams above us because people who people are now starting to go, well, Arsenal are picking up, Arsenal are looking good, you know, and, and one, one, if we can get on a run and we're capable of doing that with the players we've got up front um, and the players we've got in midfield, we're always likely to get chances and score goals. So we're all, we, if we can just make sure they don't do nothing silly at the back, we can go on, on a good run. Well, they do say that Defences win you titles, don't they? Um, yeah. as, as the old saying goes. Now, I just want to stick on Aubameyang there for a minute. Um, I want to come to Danny Sabayas and Bellerin as well, but I just want to stick on Aubameyang at the moment, Dan. Uh, and I'll come to you all on this because I want to get all of your um, your opinions on this. Aubameyang yesterday shown how important he is to us. Um, you know, scoring goals. Coming, I mean, that third goal, well, great header, comes out of nowhere. Um, and sticks it in with his head, um, and we, you know we're three-two up, and he and he uh, he's put us ahead again. But Dan, what are the chances of us holding on to him? Um, we we uh, you know let's for example we don't qualify for Europe next year. What are the chances of us holding on to him with no European football? If we get the Champions League, he'll stay. If we don't get Champions League, he'll go. If we get Europa, he'll go. He wants to play Champions League, doesn't he? He's not going to sign an extension. So we have to sell him. Um, so we have to get Champions League this season if we want to keep a Bamiyang. And it does worry me, Craig, because without him, I think there was a stat the other day that said we'd be 17th um, without him in the league. Uh, the guy has scored 49 goals in 74 games. Um, I look at what he's um, done in terms of... The, the, going through one-on-one, -on -one, I just feel so confident with him uh, chasing down on goal. I just seem to, you just know he's going to slot it home. Uh, bravery for the uh, second goal with a header because he could have got injured with that one. And then I look at what he's done with the fantastic ball from David Lewis, by the way, which was superb. What have I missed here? What's going on? Everyone's laughing and now Craig's gone. What's happening? He's back. He's back. What have I missed? What have I missed? Nothing. Carry on. No, right. no, carry on. Okay, cool. I thought I'd miss saying here. Uh, I can't remember what I was saying now. Yeah, going through on goal. Uh, brilliant ball from David Luiz. That's got to be mentioned because, uh, you know, he does he does that quite often, David Luiz. He can ping a ball. He can see a pass. I thought the actual one-on-one uh, -on -one was superb. And I think with Aubameyang, what he does, what he hasn't done when he plays down the centre is he doesn't seem to, like, track back. But I think when he's on the wing, that's one thing that he has improved upon, and that's something that Arteta 100% will um, will kind of uh, get give credit for because Aubameyang does seem to be tracking back a lot more. So, so important that we try and keep hold of him. Champions League football is definitely the way forward. And if we do get that, I think he will sign along with Lacazette. But without Champions League, I think it's bye-bye Aubameyang, unfortunately. Harry, any chance at all that Mikhail Arteta can... 
talk Aubameyang to staying at Arsenal, even even with no European football? I think Mikel Arteta's comments post-match yesterday were quite telling, where he said, spoke about the fact that we have to keep up with Aubameyang's ambitions. And that's that's absolutely right. And it's nice to hear the manager coming out and saying that, because in the past, we've always been like, you know, oh, yeah, they're not going anywhere, they're not going anywhere. And then the club let us down and they they sell the player on and it, it's really disappointing. I think Mikel Arteta has been really good with the press so far. He's been really open. He's been really honest without really throwing people under the bus. He's got that balance spot on at the moment. In terms of keeping Aubameyang, I agree. I think we need to get in the Champions League to keep Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And, you know, if he want, if we don't and he wants to go, who can really blame him? You know, he is a top, top level player. He scores week in, week out. He's been asked to play. Yeah, he's played out on the flank in the past, but he's never really done it for a sustained period of time. Not in the recent years anyway. He's always been a focal point at centre forward. Now he's having to do a different role. He's having to track back. He's having to defend. And he's proved a lot of people wrong because... Mikel Arteta himself said that he had question marks when he arrived about whether Aubameyang could do it physically, whether he wanted to do it. And he is doing it now. So full credit to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. He's, he's stepping up to the role of captain by leading by example. Really, really pleased with him. But in terms of keeping him, it's going to be tough if we don't make the Champions League. Never say never, because, you know, if he, if he enjoys working with Arteta, if the club put the right money on the table, you never know. But I, I just, it's going to be difficult, isn't it? Lee, um, what what would be what's your thoughts on on Aubameyang? Yeah, I think that I think some great points made there. I think like you know, I, I'd imagine under Arteta, you'd be quite intrigued to see how uh, how things would go. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I'm being <clears throat> honest. Um, I think that um, it's a difficult one because I, I, I I'm, I'm I'm with the boys. Here. I, I think if we don't get Champions League football, he's going to get. You know, people turn around and say, oh, yeah, we'll pay him the money. He's going to be offered the money with other clubs, you know what I mean? But he's also going to be offered the, the chance of Champions League uh, uh, Champions League, and also a chance of winning trophies, like either big trophies, you know, the, the title and the Champions League. We are a team that's in uh, transition, and at 31, he's got a big decision to make personally himself, you know. And I'll, I'll be honest, if he turns around and says, you know... Um, if you, uh, I'll ask, you know, it's first and simple. If, if, if I'll ask for the, if you've got the signings, the players, if, if he's not happy with the players that are going to be signed and he decides that he wants to go, I've got no problem, Craig, with him deciding to go. If he, if he goes and he goes to Barcelona or Real Madrid, I've got no problems as long as Arsenal bring in somebody to replace him. Now, that's going to be very, very difficult because. If you say like you're going to bring in a wide player, like like if that's what we're going to do with a Bamiang, that um, that he scores all those goals from from wide, it's very difficult. Um, or or you 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 bring in players that are going to make the team better and, and all round more goal scoring instead of just relying on <laughs> just relying on one player, like you know. So uh, <laughs> Dan feels a bit left out because we're all wearing glasses. <laughs> um, so. Uh, um, oh, so he looks like Mustafi now, doesn't he? Like he looks like Mustafi on holiday, like Simon on holiday. Squadron, like, you know? Squadron's back. Squadron's back, like you know. So uh, yeah, so I do feel that it's going to be very, very difficult if we can, if we haven't got Champions League football to keep him. Um, uh, you know, the, the thing that the thing is, and I don't know how, how everybody feels about it. You know, if he's at thirty-one, and how many good top years he got left? Two, three. 
if the club get offered 80 million for him, 60, 70, 80 million for him, it's a very difficult thing for any team in it to, to turn down, you know. Um, so I think it's a difficult one. I really do. It'd be a very, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be intrigued to see what happens in the summer, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Be surprised if he goes, and I—I'll I'll be disappointed if he does. But I'd, I'd understand it, Craig. That's how I see it. It's oh yeah, absolutely. Way. I mean, like I sit here and I think, you know, without him, it's going to be a disaster. But then, then when you sit back and look at it, could it be? Could it be like our Coutinho moment? You know, in Liverpool, so Coutinho. Yeah, yeah. Like they brought in, you know, they brought in players to replace him, and they signed some bloody good ones. Um, and now look at them, do you know? If he hadn't have gone, Liverpool possibly wouldn't be where they are right now. So, selling him, I I mean, if we don't get no European football and he wants to leave, he goes with my blessing, and thank you very much. Do you know, thanks for everything you've done here. But, you know, he's not going to be a player where I'm going to I'm going to feel aggrieved, um, you know, if he, up, if he ups and leaves. But... If we can get the right money for him, then surely the the money we can get from if it's reinvested correctly, um, it might be a good thing. I don't know. Also, you've got to think that we've lost probably better players than Aubameyang in the past as well. And we've, you know, the, the, like, I know it's, it's scary to think about what we'll do afterwards. Yeah. But like Lee said, if, if that kind of money's on the table and we know that this club are not going to go and say, here you go. Mikel Arteta is a hundred million in yeah. the summer to go and do what you're going to do. We know we're going to be messing around trying to do structured deals and loan yeah. deals, and yeah. then it, it might not be the worst thing in the world. We have seen them all come and go, haven't we? Sit, you know, we could, we've seen them all come and go. Um, Dan, uh, another player um, that was coming up on Twitter today, uh, obviously Danny Ceballos. Why is it that Emery couldn't get out of him what Arteta's getting out of him now, Dan? I think uh, I'm gonna take these off now because it's not. Yeah, as bright do because you do now. look like a donut. It's not as bright as it was now. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's better. A bit left out, boys. I don't wear glasses. Uh, Get the fake ones from the pound shop. I oh, know. I need to, mate. What like these ones? Sorry, Danny Sabios. Uh, I actually didn't think that Arteta was going to use this lad. If I'm honest with you, I thought that Arteta was going to get to the stage where he was just going to use players like Willock and Kenduzi that we were seeing. Sebias wasn't really getting his chance under Arteta. And I think that he must have said something in training or seen something in training and now all of a sudden it seems to get there. I think what I like about him is he's got the kind of Santi Cazorla uh, technical ability, but also he's got the engine of Aaron Ramsey. He's more than happy to box the box. He's more than happy to do number 10. I think he is a number eight, not a number 10. I just don't think that Emery knew where to play him. But that was that was, uh, that was was as well as Lucas Torreira and Granit Xhaka. You know, he's playing all three of them out of position. So for me, I, I want to see Danny Ceballos ahead of, Mesut Ozil, personally. Uh, I think I still think our best midfield three, uh, if we were to try it, would be Torreira, Ceballos and Chaka. Uh, but next season, I really think, going back to what Lee said, that we will have a different centre-back uh, pairing. And also, I think we'll have a different midfield as well. I'm hoping to see the likes of Jack Grealish and maybe a defensive midfielder come in. Uh, because, in my opinion, I still think Mustafi, Luiz and Chaka 
are not the answer for our future. So I would like to see them removed and upgraded with those sort of three names that we've we've kind of been linked with. So for me, that is that is the way forward. But Danny Sabios, it's going to be an interesting situation, isn't it? Because how much are Real Madrid going to want for him if we do try and get him at the end of the season? If it is going to be the 40 or 50 million mark, then perhaps it's better to or wiser to spend that money on Jack Grealish. But that's just, I think, Arsenal fans' opinion because everybody wants to see him in an Arsenal shirt. But um, listen, I'm a fan of Danny. I think he's a great engine. I think he's got uh, definitely ability and he's, he's definitely an Arsenal player. So, um, yeah, let's see what he can do to the end of the season, Craig. What about you, Harry? Impressive him yesterday? Yeah, I was impressed with him. And like I said earlier on, we I thought we saw a different side to him yesterday. We saw that aside from all the silky passing and the, the smart turns, we saw that he's got an engine on him. We saw that he's willing to get stuck in. And that was some really, great tackles, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. And that was that was really impressive. So obviously, you know, if he carries on playing the way he has, then I'd be happy for us to try and keep him. But let's be honest, he, he hasn't played much this season I know some of it's been through injury but others it's times it's been through not being selected I still think we need to see a bit more of Danny Ceballos before people can be like make a definitive judgment on whether he's worth the money and of course as Dan said it depends on what Real Madrid will be asking for but I've been impressed with him I, I just think that you know when going back to that point what is it that Arteta can get out of him that Emery couldn't for me, it's just simple. It's just Unai Emery. It, it was a bum and people didn't. No, honestly, people people didn't buy into his methods. People didn't have a clue what he was trying to do from week to week. He turned up at Danny Ceballos' house, apparently, to persuade him to come and join the Arsenal and then didn't select him. And, and, and it's just there were so many baffling things that Unai Emery did that you, you get this impression now from the Arsenal players and when you speak to you know, people in and around the club and you hear some of the, the interviews that some of the journalists are doing nowadays, you get that vibe that everybody now believes in Mikel Arteta and they understand what he's trying to do and the plan is clear. And that's so, so important. You can't do your job to a high standard if you don't bloody understand what your job is. And the, the, and the same as Sabasi's performances have improved, so have everybody else's and it's because of the same reason. Lee? Mm -hmm. Uh, would you like to see him join us on a permanent? Yeah, I would do. But I, 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 on, on what I've seen over the last couple of games, I, I think that I've been impressed with him. I've liked what I've seen him. I thought he could come on against Bournemouth in the FA Cup, play really, really well. I thought yesterday, the, the, the key for me was that when he came off, Everton took over and, and caused us a few problems. We had that midfield. Um, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not having a go um Arteta, I felt that he tried to stifle the game, tried to, you know, defend it with what he had. And I didn't think that Guendouzi and Torreira had done that bad. But what, what he what he done was he, he had control. Every time he got the ball, he he he, he passed and moved. And do you know what I liked about his game yesterday? The midfield players didn't know what to do, what he was going to do. One minute he'd, he'd play it, the next minute he'd take you on. The next minute, he's, he's got a lot of mixture to his game. But I felt that... Um, that when he went off, we just lost a little bit of control of the game, uh, maybe because he's a little bit tired. But what he what he's done in his last two games is a very very positive. He needs to continue that now to the end of the season. If he does continue that to the end of the season, then you know I, I think that he would have had a, a real what I would say settling in period this year, and I, I would expect him to kick on even better next season. It's not you know everybody says oh you need six months, eight months, or a year to settle so um to settle into the Premier League. Well. He would have had that year and I think that um, it would be wasteful if we get him playing really, really well and then we don't take up that offer. Like, you know, So it'd be very, very interesting what I'm going to see. 
I have to give Arteta credit because I think he's gone into a role that I didn't see him playing, to be honest. I, I felt that he would probably be looking to play Mesut Ozil. But the other key factor of it, I'm not saying it's all down to Danny Sabias, but we are now getting a tune out of Mesut Ozil because this man is feeding him. It's as simple mm. as that. He's getting in between the lines, Mesut Ozil, and straight away, Danny Sabias is punching the ball into him. And then... Uh, Sabias uh, is going past Ozil, giving him another option from the midfield, and it work. It's working really, really well. And I thought <clears throat> it was good to see yesterday, and it was that uh, uh, that Mesut Ozil got a standing ovation when he came off. Like you know, what I mean, not uh, it gets clapped off, but not like that. It was a serious, you know, uh, recognition that he done really, really well yesterday. Now I feel that the the way the team set. Now this is the problem that everybody said about Ozil. If you're going to play Mesut Ozil, play play to his strengths, play to his team, or don't play him at all. We seem to be now under our set of playing to his strengths and we're looking a much, much better side. And I felt that even when he came off yesterday, we lost control of the football, control of the game from a possession point of view. If they, if you haven't got the ball, they can't score sort of thing. And uh, I felt that we was a little bit lucky because we went into the defensive thing. But it's a very, very difficult thing for the manager now to say what what is the ba balance of that team because I still think and I think Harry just touched on it there earlier on, that when they play against the top, top teams, they may be able to get at these Mesut Ozil and Danny Sabayas, even though Danny put in some real good tackles yesterday. And, you know, Shaka to me, um, uh, isn't convin convincing as a defensive midfield player, even though I think that he's been, the transformation of him has been absolutely outstanding. But um, for me, you know, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing of, of Danny. I think if he could add a couple of goals to his game, then it'd be even better because I still can't see us getting that many goals from midfield. But uh, but for me, I think he ticks a few boxes. And, and you know, people are saying Santi Cazula and, and a replacement and things like that. You know, that, that's, a, that's a, you know, a, a hard act to follow. Cool. But, but, you know, I mean, Santi, Santi didn't, take the, the Premier League by storm straight straight away. It took him a little while to settle in and think that if you remember back to um to to uh Santa, he sort of was playing out on the flanks at one stage and then they brought him into that middle area and, and that's where it clicked with him like you know. So I think that um I I I, I think we've got a future with Danny. It depends also boys really what sort of fee they're gonna be asking <coughs> for. If they're gonna be asking for silly money then it ain't going to happen. But, you know, if, if we can get him for 25, 30, 35 million, I think it's a bargain. Good I think I would be surprised if they asked for a really big amount of money, considering that they were willing to let this guy go out on loan. So, yeah, you know, I, he, I agree. He's not, yeah, he's obviously not part of Zidane's plans. So, you know, he's, like, yeah, I don't think he's certainly, certainly not going to go back to Real Madrid and get in there first, yeah. team, is he? That's the um, thing. And I mean, obviously, I, we, we sit here and we hope that Sabas is enjoying his time here. He looks like he is. Um, so uh, let, let's hope. We shall be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. West Cork Beard Company. Make beard oil and beard balm for a strong, healthy, great-looking beard. Handmade from all natural ingredients in Clonakilty, West Cork. Check out their YouTube channel for beard care tips and advice. Or catch them online at westcorkbeardcompany.ie. 
That was, of course, our sponsor um, for the podcast, the West Cork Beer Company. You can check out Colin's products in the description below. Please go and check him out um, and follow him on Twitter at West Cork Beer Company. Um, good evening to you all in the chat box once again, and good evening to you all if you're watching on Facebook. Um, there's a few of you in there um, commenting uh, on Facebook, because I can see the little Facebook logo next next door to your profile pictures. Um Let's talk about next. Um, I want to talk about Hector Bellerin. I, I, I've been reading a few newspaper articles today and reading a bit on Twitter. And old Hector's coming for a bit of a doing um, yesterday. Uh, people saying that he's lost, he lost, he's lost a lot of pace. That he was caught out um, a few times yesterday. But I think Harry touched on that. Might be tactically um, why he was caught out. Um, but Dan Hector Bellerin yesterday. I have to say, when I was watching it, I was, you know, I'm watching him and I'm getting quite worried about him, to be honest. He, he just doesn't look like this. I mean, look, and who does when they come back from injury like that? Um, he just doesn't look like the same Hector Bellerin, does he? No, he doesn't. And um, I, I'm not going to give him too much stick because, like, I didn't give Rob Holding too much stick because yeah, they both had similar injuries. They've come back, they've looked rusty, and I suspected them too. I was really surprised when Bellerin played so well when he came back against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. I thought he was one of the best players on the pitch. But he does look slower. He doesn't look like he's, he looks like he does lost pace. I'm still not sure about him uh, defending wise. When he does go forward, he just seems to be able to leave himself a bit exposed. There was a typical example of that with him and Mustafi together, which was some comical defending a couple of times where they got inside. Um, obviously, they've got some great players, Everton, you know, Richardson, superb. But I don't think Bellerin has been that great. I'm still waiting for him to work with Pepe. Pepe doesn't seem to be able to link uh, that well with many of his teammates, to be fair, unfortunately, so far. So maybe we need to give him more time. We're going to see the same thing happen to Callum Chambers. Uh, when he comes back because yeah. of the long-term injury that he's got. And it just seems to me that we can't catch a break. We're getting Kolasinac of a shoulder injury now. Tierney's come back from a shoulder injury. Bellerin's ACL, Chambers' ACL and holding ACL. How many, how long, you know, the chances of those three getting ACL injuries. You normally get one player every couple of seasons, you know, which is a nasty injury. So have three in pretty much one one season is, is, is pretty shocking. Um, I do like Bellerin. I do like the way that he is around the ground. I think that he is a proper gooner. I think he wants to be there and he's happy there. But at the moment, it's all about trying to get fit again and trying to get his pace back because that's the thing that worries me the most, Craig, is if he does get caught out. Um, he gets caught out sometimes mm. before, but he's always had the pace to get back. And at the moment, it doesn't look like he can keep up with people. So that is worrying because that's one thing that's always got him out of trouble. But, um, you know, Bellerin, I've always thought, could do better crossing the ball. But um, for me, he's not a horrendous player. I just want to see him get back to his best because... Uh, I think there is talent in there, clearly. And he's still only 24 years old, so mm. lots of potential still. Yeah, lads, don't worry. Um, people who are sending the Super Chat questions, don't worry. I have them written down here. I will come to them. Um, but no time like the present, um, I suppose. Uh, we'll go back to that one. But, um, Lee, I'll come to you on this one. Uh, <laughs> a £5, five pound donation from Russ. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, <laughs> done uh, well there, haven't you? Have I? I wouldn't know, you see. I bet that's amazing. Though. I bet it's in instalments. <laughs> Russ says, uh, Lucas Torreira is too lightweight for the Premier League, Lee. Um, we need better and stronger central... We need better, better and stronger central defensive midfielders. Couldn't agree with him more. Couldn't, couldn't agree with him more. I like Torreira, but I think, you know, he's a little bit too small. Um, and I, I think we need a more powerful sort of player, even though I do like him. 
Um, yeah, so I'm not going to argue with Russ on that one, really. Like, um, um, before, but just oh, go on. I, I don't want to say something else, but I'll leave it for a minute. Okay, so do you want to say anything? I don't, else I don't, I don't worry about the Lucas Torreira thing. Sorry, just coming in the league because I, I don't really think this guy's done that much wrong. No, and, I don't. I think it's. Do you know I, what I mean? I, and I think that under Emery, he was great. And then he got played as a bloody hazard role in a number 10. Then he got dropped completely outside. Then he was finally given the role again under Arteta. And now he's come out again. And you think, he's just going to go, isn't he? He's just going to think, well, I can't do anything right in this team. And I think it's a shame because I think there's a great little player in there. He's a little tenacious, like, battler, you know? And I, I like him a lot. I do rate I, 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 I totally agree with you. But I just think if you're going to go on and and push for the. For the for the title, um, and, and this 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 goes for for them all. If I'll be honest, it goes for Checker and a lot of them. That we need upgrades on them, yeah. and I think that you know we need someone. I just think in the Premier League we just need that bigger and better and stronger. But that doesn't mean to say that I wouldn't not have him in my squad. You know what I mean? Because I would, yeah. I, I, because I do do like what I see. But I I just think if we're gonna, when you look at how can I say, if, say for instance you're going with Sabias and Ozil. And then Torreira, I think that, you know, you're going to get muscled out and, and height-wise and all that. So that's why I think that maybe you're going to need someone big in there, like, you know. And it's not it's not because he's a small player as well, because, you know, I don't think uh, Kante is that massive, is he? And, and certainly uh, McInerney weren't, uh, weren't the, the smallest as well, like, you know. So I'm not Who? saying that. McInerney, whatever. McInerney, whatever his name is. <laughs> can't think what of his name. <laughs> <laughs> McAlealy, yeah, Claude McAlealy, Claude, that's it, Claude. Just go, Claude. Oh, well, I've had it. Played for you Ireland, know. didn't he? He was playing on Saturday for Ireland, wasn't he? Uh, oh, don't mention, don't mention the rugby. Oh, sorry, I promise we're going to mention the rugby. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 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 Uh, well, not England beat Ireland. Don't mention that. Like, you know, so um, <laughs> what talking England about the rugby because you, you you messed me up with the rugby, right? Because about that we forgot to mention the boxing with Tyson Fury what, what a great we, about a great weekend a, unbelievable what? unbelievable that Talk was worth that, getting up for that that was like Although, Mike Tyson fighting yeah. Torreira wasn't it like, well, I mean, I you know but um, yeah going back to Torreira I I, I see I see what everybody can, can, when if someone wants to defend him guys I can see the reasons why do you know what I mean like but I just feel that I, I, I just want my holding midfielder to be much bigger and stronger, like a, a Decore or a, or a Patrick Vieira or a, um, what's that one? Um... <laughs> Anything involving Claude sets me off. Yeah, certainly does. Uh, or, or, or what's the one that, um, who impressed me? Two impressed me. Can't think of his name. Played for Atletico Madrid. Thomas Party. Thomas Party. Part Thomas, Thomas, you know what I mean? Like another one. <laughs> I, I think that he, somebody of that ilk, you know what I mean? So uh, um, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, a lot of rumors right, today. No we're going to release his clause. There's a lot of rumors to say we're going to release his clause. Him and Jonathan Tarr, they're talking yeah. about whether or not uh, that's true. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe it. Thomas Part. I think there'd be two good signings, but. Um, I don't believe it anymore. But you see what I'm saying? Somebody <laughs> like that, I would... Yeah, no, you're right. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, I, I do. I agree. You know, we need some presence in there, definitely. Yeah, but... presence. I, I, yeah, I think we do. And I think that, you know, he is tenacious and all that, like, but he hasn't got got the presence, you know. I hope that answered your question, Russ. Um, Harry, I'll come back to you on the Bellerin thing. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're all talking about 
strikers and midfielders needing replacing them. Do you think Bellerin is a player we need to replace? No, not at the moment. I think people were being harsh on him yesterday. I think, like I said, I think that it is tactical that he's being asked to tuck in um, alongside the centre-backs a little bit more when Arsenal get caught on a break. I think that is something he's been asked to do. Like I said earlier, when the winger then pulls out to the flank, he has got that bit more time, the time to get the ball under control. And let's have it right. Whenever you're, If you're a defender and someone's running at you and they've already got the ball, it's very difficult to defend. That's the hardest situation to defend. What do you do? Do you go out there and commit, but then you leave space for someone else? What, like, what? Bellerin gets caught in two minds a lot of the time. Does he go out to the player straight away or does he keep the narrow defensive unit that he's obviously been instructed to keep? Also as well, we're talking about Richarlison yesterday, who is a very, very underrated player. We're talking about a yeah. guy who's yeah. got... 26 goals for Everton in 68 appearances. There you go. I've been doing my homework. That's two and a half goals a game almost. Okay. He's played for Brazil 18 times and he scored six goals. That's a goal in every three for Brazil. He's a fully fledged Brazilian international. He's a top, top quality player. He's got a real nastiness about him as well, as we saw yesterday. He's a very, very difficult customer. And I think he gives most right-backs in, in the Premier League a difficult very time. Very good point, mate. Very yeah, good, good point, point indeed. Yeah, That's why we have him on here, I suppose. <laughs> well, this is why I keep inviting him on, you see. Yeah. But he's saying that, like, you know, I feel it's a little bit harsh on Bellerin because, you know, two weeks ago or how long ago, everybody was lauding him for a fantastic performance against Chelsea. Let's not forget exactly. about that performance. He was absolutely outstanding that game. I just think that those sort of games, that game against Chelsea and a bit of the other, bit of a few other games, just taking its toe out of him a little bit, like, you know, give him a break, bring back Maitland Niles for a couple of games, and I'm sure Hector will go again. And it's just about building up fitness and building up confidence. Mm. And I think it's a little bit harsh for you know um uh for people to say that he's he's finished if if he's like this next season then maybe maybe it's a different story but i feel that you've got to give him a little bit more time it would help if he had a steak every now and then instead of all this vegan rubbish as well like you know what i mean so but that's another <laughs> needs story a burger, it, like, doesn't he? He needs to go down to McDonald's and get one of those mega Big Macs. God, oh, unbelievable. Like, you know, what is, the boy's missing out. He's missing oh, out. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. Uh, I had um, one yesterday after football. Fantastic. They are good. I've got to say, they are good. Thanks, I want to come to this. Um, I want to come. Go on. Sorry. Is that why, Lee, is that why you were really late to the game? Because you were eating a Big Mac in between? <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 no, I had it, I had, I had it on uh, after the game. I, I, I didn't eat. I had to dash straight from this charity game <laughs> to the game. I didn't eat at all, like, you know what I mean? So we had a, a lager shandy in the club, in the club, oh. at the ground. And that don't was it. Don't admit things like that on air, please. No, no, but I've got to say, I don't like the beer in the, in the Emirates. It's awful, that. Candanelles, it's horrible. I get buzzed. Oh, I can't oh, stand that Candanelles. Horrible taste to it. You know what I've I mean? I've never really tried it. Nice beer. Don't try it, Harry. Sorry, don't bother, mate. Sorry, Camdenale, if anyone's watching or listening. <laughs> no, nah, I'll them. I'll tell you what, I'll yeah. call them out. I was going to go to them. For a, I was, was going to send <laughs> them an email. To, I was going to send them an email tonight about yeah. a sponsorship, but I don't think I'll bother now. Um, this question comes in from Jimbo. Um, thank you for the kind donation, Jimbo. A five... English pounds. Thank you very much. Oh, indeed, a mega big Mac. A mega big Mac. <laughs> we were talking earlier about our lack of goals in midfield. So Jimbo says, should we look at signing Coutinho? Um, would he be an option uh, to come to Arsenal and solve our midfield, you know, our lack of goals for midfield? Um, Dan, good question. Very good question. Worth a five, is it? 
Absolutely. Worth a flyer. Uh, I'm going to say no. And the reason I'm going to say no is because I still believe and stand by the fact that the number 10 role is not the way forward. And I don't want to see Meza Ozil playing there. I certainly don't want to see Coutinho playing there. I don't want to see a number 10 at Arsenal. I want to see a free in midfield, uh, a hard-working free. And if there's going to be a couple of the players that we mentioned earlier, uh, like the Thomas Parties and the Indeedies and the players that we've been mentioned or linked with, then brilliant. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see a number 10. I think Coutinho was great at Liverpool. Uh, he's not really done so well at Barcelona or Bayern Munich and he's been playing in the number 10 role there. So that's more evidence to suggest that the number 10 role doesn't do anything. If we are going to get somebody for that sort of price, then I would like to see a James Madison or a Jack Greedish because they don't play in that number 10 role. They do play in that free midfield. So that's what I would go with uh, ahead of Philippe Coutinho. Harry? Um, I'm going to say no, just purely, not because I don't rate the player. I think he's a fantastic player. I just think that the, the amount of money that we're going to need to put mm. on the table to get him could be better spent in other positions. I, I, I just, I, I genuinely do think that. I think we've got some defensive issues and I think we need a bit of backup in certain other positions. So that's that's why, but I'm not taking anything away from Felipe Coutinho. I think he's an excellent player. Um, it's not really worked out for him at Barcelona. He's gone on loan to Bayern Munich. It's not really working out for him too great there either. But uh, like Dan said, I, I, I don't know if he's just lost in, this this change of what the number 10 role is maybe and you know there's a few players that are going to find themselves out in the cold because of that very true I, 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 I like i like coutinho i think he's a very very good player but for me for me he can play wide as well but mm -hmm. for me um i think if if you're going to spend that sort of money the priority for me would be Grealish. he's, yeah. he's the one that i want like you know what i mean but if we couldn't get Grealish for whatever reason then he would be a good one to come in as, a, as the next option you know but for me, I think Arsenal should do everything they can to, to sign Jack Grish because he can play the number 10, whether it's functional or not. He can play wide, but he can also play in any position in the midfield area. Jack Grealish for me. Jack Grealish. Great well, hair as well. Hopefully Jack's watching this this evening and... Um... <laughs> He'll oh. he'll see he'll see how much we how see how much we want him does here. Does he wear glasses? That's all I want to know. Like, he actually he does actually I think. Does yeah. He? Yeah. Quality. They'll Sign definitely up. come back if we can get him on here with glasses on. Um, West Ham has just equalised by the way. Good news. Super job. Yeah. That's great. Couldn't give care less really. We'll support Arsenal. Well, if we start at um, seven, we could be watching it. Just. <laughs> If you if you if you'd have been here and started at seven, yes, we could be watching it, couldn't we? But we put the show. That's <laughs> oh, all my fault, isn't it? Yeah. It's all my fault. And, and Dan, yeah. who's scuffing his dinner and was in a rush, and yeah. Harry said, "Oh, it's much better suits me if it's half past seven. But yeah. now it's all my fault. Like, yeah. Okay, right, you will okay. do and have to go and have these hairdressing appointments. Um, <laughs> 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 this question comes in from Unique Seventy Nine. Um, and he says, should we, should we be cautious of Mikel Arteta doing so well um, as Arsenal manager? Is someone going to come in and pluck him? Well, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a problem. I'll tell you what, it's a worry if um, he's not backed in the summer because yeah. I think someone could turn around and go, oh, hold on a minute. If we back this man, he could be the answer, i.e. Man City, somebody like that. Um, and... and what I think that he's doing, he's doing fantastically well. I've got to say that, you know. Uh, um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, uh, um, why not? Why not? I, I think it's a, a, a bit of a worry and I don't think that we should be... I, I think at the end of the day, whoever has picked our, 
picked um, Arteta, see what they, they've seen in him. So far, they've done a really good job because I've been more than impressed, not just with what he's, what he's doing, the way he's conducting himself, the way he goes about things, the way he deals with the players, the way everything's done at the moment. Yeah, so I think that the, the club have got to back in because I think that we've got something We've got something here, boys. That's what I think. I really do. And it's, you know, a breath, a breath of fresh air. My last question, uh, the, what, before I come to the chat box ones, uh, this one comes in from Ian. Um, and Harry and Dan will get your answers on this now. Should we be prioritising the league or the Europa League? Um, players yesterday look uh, visibly tired. Uh, and he's dead bloody right. I know we've had a lot of games, you know, a, a lot of games in the, in the week. Um, but Harry, what's what's the what's the priority for you? I think the priority's got to be at this stage the Europa League, uh, because I think it gives us the best chance of getting back into the Champions League, and mm -hmm. that's got to be the priority. We were speaking earlier on about how important it is in terms of keeping some of our better players, like Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, for an example. So, I think the the Europa League should take priority um, until unless we get ourselves into a position where the league looks more realistic. And at this moment in time, I, th I think the the Europa League still looks a little bit, you know, more of a safer route. Also, Arsenal looked tired yesterday, but you've also got to take into account that Mikel Arteta changed the routine a little bit um, after this game. Now, obviously, Greece is, is a longer flight than most European journeys that you're going to do in the Europa League. And so he decided for the team not to travel back immediately after the game. He asked them to stay um, the evening. They stayed because he wanted them to eat right. He wanted them to sleep properly and not do all of that on a plane. And Arsenal then come back on the Friday, which is why the preparation was a little bit affected. But look, we've gone out there. We've done a very good job in the first leg. And the hope is now, I still don't think Mikel Arteta will rest players, um, but I think he will. He can look at this the second leg with a little bit more, um, you know, he can be a little bit more open in terms of who he selects because I don't want to eat my words, but I don't really fancy Olympiacos to come and win at the Emirates. I think they're a very good team at home. The atmosphere was incredible. It's very intimidating, but on their travels, they're traditionally not a great side. I know they beat us at the Emirates not too long ago, but that was a that was a one-off. And so I think we, now's the time to to recover from that game. It was a, an un... You know, we're not going to have many trips like that, is what I'm trying to say, that are that long um, and then having to turn around the game that quickly. So I think uh, this was a one-off. Dan, um, what was I going to, I was going to, I was going to, uh, I had something to say to you, but now I've forgotten what it was. Do you know what? I think I might go to the doctors. I keep forgetting stuff. It's getting a bit worrying, to be honest. Um, Dan. You owe me hundred pound. Do I? <laughs> hmm. Oh, is that for, that's for all, all the things that you post for me, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting to give it to me. <laughs> Uh, Dan, do you think seven points is too much for the Arsenal to close on the gap at Chelsea? I don't think it's too much to close on Chelsea, but what worries me is that everybody's got to drop points, not just Chelsea. And the one team that I do kind of worry about, not just in the league, but also in the Europa League, is Wolves. Um, they, to me, look like a very, very good side. Great manager, really good uh, players. Let's not forget that they started their season in July and they're still going playing Thursday night and Sunday night, and we all moan about that. They've not. They've just cracked on with it with a, a lesser squad than us. They've got a great side, um, and I think that they could be the dark horses that could even compete for top four. Tottenham have got no strikers. 
<laughs> uh, can't feel too sorry for them. Uh, Chelsea are looking very inconsistent, in my opinion. Manchester United, you never know what you're going to get. Arsenal, you never know what you're going to get. If I was Sheffield United and Wolves, I'd just keep going because everyone around them is losing. Who knows? In fifth place as well, potentially with Man City. We don't know what's happening there. You don't know. If, if, if Arsenal don't get fourth or fifth, I'd love it to be Wolves and Sheffield United. Absolutely think, love it. I think but Wolves I think... do moan that. Wolf, Nuno has bloody moaned about it. He moans about it all the time. The thing is with them is that they're going to find themselves in a situation where for them, if they finish sixth or if they finish 14th, it doesn't really make a difference uh, in terms of they're, they're going to secure their Premier League status. I think that they'll go all out for the Europa League if they, if they um, you know, get a It's a massive Oh, I massive just remembered game. what I was going to say. I was just going to say, but massive game for them on Sunday against Spurs. Yeah, Two yes. teams above us, a huge game. If one of them loses that, whoever loses that, we can gain on them big time. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, it, it, Wolves have got lots of games coming up. But I, I think that if Wolves go there and put on a show, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I, I'd say, I think that if I be honest, I think fourth, maybe seven points is too much. I've just remembered what I was going to say. What, what, was I was going to, what I was going to say to Dan was about being tired that Mikhail Arteta kept them behind for training after the game yesterday. Only the play, only the subs. Oh, only is the subs, is it? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even know they, that. They do that all the time. They do that all the time. Do they? But oh, I think right. what I'm saying is a few of the players, the players stood back and supported it, which was nice to see. Like you know, what I mean, yeah. but normally if you're a sub, you do a workout after the game, um, and the only one that was let off that was. Uh, Sacco because he start, he come on in the first he half. But on, I think yeah. if you do over 30 minutes or something, they do a workout. Oh, I didn't know I that. With the, if we want top four, personally, we've got 11 games left. I think we need to win seven of them because we've got four absolutely... Well, the games that I think will drop points on are Liverpool City, Spurs, unfortunately. I think Wolves and Leicester are going to be very, very tough. Those five games there are the ones. And the other six, I think, that are, are winnable, um, personally. Um, so yeah, we've got to make sure that we definitely win those six that we should on paper. And then if we can pick up a couple of draws, then who knows? Who knows? Uh, this question here comes in from Karen. Good evening to you, Karen. Um, do the panel think that, uh, Ricardishan should have been sent off before he scored? Um, no, not for no. me. It wasn't not a red card. No. no, no. Anyone think it was a red card? No. No. I didn't think it. I didn't think it was at the time when everyone was. No, really no, I didn't either. I, no, I, no, I didn't either. Uh, Twitter was in meltdown as well as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> so also, he should have got sent off though. Oh, uh, how has that been missed? Because huh, he plays for them. You think so? I'm Do you know what he's saying? That? Do you think? I think it was an eye for the first goal. Like it was, you know, foot eye, high foot. Nothing said. Well, do you know what? I, my only qualm with that is, is that it didn't even get checked. No, not even a, not even looking at it. Like you know, no, but I it, remember it, so, Liverpool player getting sent off for that. But, here you but go. what I will say is, Lee, if we if we look if we're going to VAR for that, we might as well give up. No, but it will have been checked because every single goal is checked, so they will have yeah. looked at it. But um, I'm saying, okay, no, let put that another way. If that goal is disallowed for that, then just give up. Yeah, I, I, I've got no. It's a spectacular finish. You've got to give yeah. the guy credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good finish. He's not trying it's, to kick Louise in the no, head. He's not. He's no, no, no. But uh, I mean, I'm just saying that you know, I've seen, I've seen referees and I've seen free kicks given for a lot less than that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's a good point. No, yeah, it's a good point. I've seen them too, but I think it's 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 turned like I suggested there on Twitter for that Ricardo one. 
VAR's turning turning us fans into a load of pansies. We want everything. We want we want players to be sent off for everything nowadays. Um, just because we've got videos, you know, this video assisted refereeing. I mean, Twitter, Twitter was actually quite embarrassing yesterday <laughs> after that Ricardo's and tackle. You should have seen some of the stuff that was being said. It just and it was nowhere near a red card um, for me. Bring this one in from Alex. If Abamian goes, who do we bring in? Oh God, I don't even Ooh. want to start to even begin. Dan, who would you bring in if Abamian left? Raul Jimenez. I'd go all out and get him from Wolves. I what about? I think I'd go for that. Is it Team T, T, Timo Warner? Yeah, I, I think yeah. he's going to go to Liverpool, isn't he? I think he's going to yeah, Liverpool. Right. Timo Werner. I, I like think him. it's done, do done like deal. Him. But I do like him, but I think that's the done deal. I get him. I think I'd go and get him in there because he's proven in the Premier League to score goals. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. And I would go and get him. But I don't know if Wolves would sell him to us or not. But I think for the right money, we could get him personally. Money talks, mate. Um, it yeah. does talk, then. I would... I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't go for him. I wouldn't go for Jimenez because a couple. You wouldn't of reasons, go for Jimenez. No, nah, a couple of reasons. Number one, he's twenty-eight. Um, so you know, is he a long, long-term solution? I don't know. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna get dragged into paying that Premier League premium when you're trying to take a player off mm. a rival, mm. which makes it even more difficult. And also, people talk about like he. For me, he's a fantastic centre forward. I think his biggest strength, though, for me, is his hold-up play. Um, I think he brings other people into the game fantastically. He's got 12 goals in the league this season in 27 appearances, so he's not majorly prolific. And at a club like Arsenal, I, I think that when you're a centre-forward and the focal point at such a big club, we've seen it happen to Giroud, we've seen it happen with Lacazette. If you don't score enough goals, you will get grief instantly. And, and maybe mm. I don't think he's prolific enough to, to be able to take that weight on his shoulders of playing centre-forward for Arsenal. I think he's been at big clubs in the past, Benfica, Atletico Madrid. And it's not quite worked out. Um, Wolves feels like a comfortable place for him where when he does score and he plays well, he gets the praise and et cetera, et cetera. But what is it, 12 goals in 27 games? I don't think at the top, top level. When you compare to the goals that someone like Jamie Vardy scoring or you know, the top strikers in the league, I think he's, he's still a way off. I think realistically, though, I think if we are going to lose him, that means we're going to be out of the Champions League. Who will be, We're not going to go and get Haaland or Mbappe, are we? We're going to have to go and get realistic about it. And I think that out of all the options there, because Timo Werner, I think, is going to go Liverpool, from what we hear, it's pretty much done. Uh, I think he's probably one of the best options we've got. I mean, Luka Jovic, obviously, in a swap deal with Real Madrid could be an option, but would he want to come? And how, would, how good has he been? So... Mm. I think I'd rather get someone who's banging in goals already in the Premier League. That's just my thinking. Yeah, I'm going to come to you on this one, mate. Um, a donation from William. Thank you very much, William. Thanks for your support, mate. Thanks for watching. A player that he really rates is Leroy Sane. Um, I know he's injured at the moment, but I think he would suit us perfectly. And he knows Arteta. What would your thoughts be on that? Yeah, great, great player. I've got to say that. Very, very impressed. Again, the, the problem for me is it's going to take him another year to after his the, the knee injury um to come back from that uh and i think that if if i'll be honest i think if he was to leave city would be for Bayern munich um in my opinion so um nice fault that we could be linked with him but uh i i you know i, I don't think that we'd probably be able to, to to get to get that over the line but good play okay so our next three fixtures um olympiacos at home in the Champions League. Uh, oh, 
too used to saying that over the years. We wish. Olympiacos, <laughs> yes, Olympiacos at home in the Europa League. Uh, Portsmouth away in the um, FA Cup and West Ham at home. So next week we'll be doing our podcast on Tuesday at 7 o'clock because we're playing Portsmouth on Monday night, I believe. Um, and then so we'll do a podcast for Olympiacos and Portsmouth and then we have West Ham then, um, in the which is our next league game. Thanks uh, to everyone who stayed with us uh, this evening. Over 300 of you at, at one stage. Thank you very much indeed for your support. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Links and everything um, below in the description. You can follow the lads. Twitter handles up on the screen there. Um, Dan, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Craig, and uh, thank you, boys. Um, Wednesday, 7 o'clock, me and Harry will be on here for Pots Preview for the Olympiacos game. So please join us then. There we go. Wednesday at seven. Is it Dan? Wednesday at seven, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Harry and Dan uh, doing the pots preview, uh, which I must say is going very well, Dan. So congratulations, mate. Doing really well there. Thank well you, done, mate. mate. Appreciate that. I think I got it right. Did I get my prediction right this week? Three, two. I did. I think yeah, I did. you did, mate. I did. You did. Yeah. Well, thank you. Just thought I'd put that in there. Lee, I, I only get invited on when the bloody Greeks are playing. Have you noticed that? when you're on there no pressure you have to get your yeah. prediction right Harry. it's no good going on there and getting your prediction wrong so you through the terms and conditions there is that allowed harry thank you very much for your time mate cheers guys been a pleasure as always always head over and check out the chronicles of aguna um harry's podcast another fantastic podcast that you should all be supporting already anyway thank you mate um please go over there and follow him um, and subscribe to his youtube channel judges oh i enjoyed that that was a good chat you know it's always nice with winning winning breeds confidence this let's keep the winning run going europa league or the premier league let's just keep on winning okay until we see you all again uh, have fun enjoy the games take care of yourselves and each other and we'll see you have again. a great have a great week guys come in i'll be arsenal Podcast Network.